It's time for JT the Brick. What's up, everyone? The level of disrespect that a small portion of this fan base has to this entire organization is repulsive. And I've never said that in 25 years on the radio, and I can't believe I'm saying it after a win. I'm worked up. Uh, We're trying to win a game here. The level of disgust I have for these people are at an all-time high. Thank God I'm on the radio to point out these trolls and cowards who don't want this team to win. JT the Brick. A shout-out to the Raider fans in the Raider Nation who stand by this team, who buy the season tickets, who go out there and support all the products that we put out there in the hopes that they'll win a game every week. We don't know if they're going to win. We can't make every prediction, but everybody hopes, especially the people who are involved with this team, lifelong Raider fans. And now, this is it. You got me? This is it. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT, as I'm coming to you live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. Is I'm back from Chicago last night, and the Raiders got beat badly by the Chicago Bears. Welcome to the Aftermath Show. Haven't done one of these in a while, as the Raiders have won two in a row before the trip to Chicago, and we are right back to square one. And we got a lot to work on today, and this is going to be an interesting two hours here on the show. I have a lot to say from being in Chicago, traveling to and from with the team And now coming back here, just hosted Raiders Press Conference Live with Eric Allen, trying to get the audio from it quickly so you could hear what EA said as he was really, really animated during our show. And then I'm here for the next two hours in the building, and we'll take your calls. We'll hear what you have to say on this, and we'll move forward. But it's probably going to take a couple of days to get through this. It's probably going to take more than a day, and I'm sick and tired of the term clean it up. I hate the term clean it up. This is professional football. It should all be cleaned up. It should be shiny. should be ready to go. I'm not saying it has to be perfect, but it needs to be good. It needs to be not great, but it has to be really good. And I am upset about what I saw. And I'm really pissed off. I'm really upset because I spent a lot of time with Raider Nation in Chicago. I mean a lot of time. And 100% of the fans that I met, not 999 not 98.3, percent of the fans I met, and there were a lot of them, a lot of fans that I met face-to-face. I love meeting fans face-to-face, not online, because all of a sudden you meet some of the best people you ever met. I spent the weekend with them all over the place, everywhere I went in Chicago, everywhere I went thanks to this team Raider fans at least have an idea who I am or what I do or whatever it is, and I get a chance to talk to people one-on-one, and I love that about this gig. And this is pregame. I'm not talking about after the game. I did the postgame for a segment or two, got on the bus, got on the flight with the team, and flew home. But the Raider fans were so excited on the ground in Chicago. It was ideal, perfect weather, T-shirt weather. Everywhere I went, there were Raider fans. I went to a Raiders party. The Chicago Raider Nation at Dante's, there was 250 Raider fans. I mean, it was packed to the gills. Like, like I haven't seen a Raider party in a while, and I've been to a lot of them. Everybody enthusiastic, everybody expecting to win. All the fans, forget about the players and the coaches, everybody was expecting an easy win. And I reminded everybody, football's hard, man. Any opponent can beat you. Any given Sunday, you know the term. you got to be ready to go. But I was pretty confident the Raiders would beat the 1-5 Bears with Tyson Bajan at quarterback, a guy who's never played in the league as a starter. I was pretty confident they would win that game. And they didn't win the game, and they got absolutely boat raced. They got dominated. They got a couple of their players, including Marcus Peters, 
got dominated and embarrassed the organization with this play, and now we're back to square one. Everything that's happened, everything up until now, starts again at zero on a scale of one to ten, and the season has to be saved miraculously, and it didn't have to be. It didn't have to be saved miraculously. Now the season needs, and there's a lot of football left, and I'm optimistic that with Devontae and Max and A.J. Cole and the good players that they had, they're going to win some games. They're going to win some games maybe that we don't expect. But after seeing the performance that I saw traveling with this team for 25 years, that goes on the Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore of the worst games I've ever seen played in the history of the Raiders live. And I've been to a lot of them, as you know. The team had nothing. They got exposed on offense and defense. They didn't have any energy. Their body language was terrible. I sat right behind the bench, right behind the bench for the first half with my wife, right there. I could see it, and they just weren't engaged in tackling. This show is about the fundamental essence of competition and competing. This show isn't about the preseason. It's not even about the early regular season. It's about world championships. It's about winning world championships and playing in the greatest games with the greatest players. This isn't BS. I'm in the building. I walk around here freely. I see trophies. I see great pictures on the wall. I see the legends of the game who built this organization. And what I saw in Chicago I'm going to be real careful with my commentary over the next two hours. For those who don't think I I go hard enough, I go plenty hard. And if you don't like it, find another show or find a YouTuber. I am really upset by what I saw there. And I think I'm upset because of the blown opportunity that the Raiders had to do something and play a good game. You see, I've been waiting all year for the Raiders just to play a good game. Win or lose. Just to play a good game, offense, defense, special teams, put up 35, be in the game, have explosive plays, and they just can't do it. They can't. They physically cannot do it on offense. The offense is stagnant. It's arguably the worst in football where it could have been a top 10 offense in the league. Many of you have said that on the show. I apologize. I apologize for thinking that could happen. I thought that the strength of this team would be the offense. Hasn't shown up. I don't know why. Coach said earlier today that the, uh, what they do in practice, and I know this to be true, the efforts there, the details there, the buy-ins there, they do a really good job preparing the team. And then they get on an airplane or they just take the bus from here over or they drive their cars to the stadium and it gets lost in translation. It's over. They can't run a play. They can't run three plays in a row. They just can't sustain an offense with some of the best and most explosive players in the game. They just can't do it. Now, mostly it's because of the quarterback play. That is, we don't have Patrick Mahomes. We don't have Justin Herbert. Okay, we don't have it, but we got guys who are supposed to be as good as Tua. And we got guys who are supposed to be as good as some of the average quarterbacks in this league. And they're not playing average, they're playing below average. And in this league, you need an elite quarterback to win a championship. Not a good one. The days of Trent Dilfer winning it with one of the great defenses or Jeff Hostetler winning it with the Giants, those days are over. I lived those days. You could win a Super Bowl and go deep, and you can do it with Joe Flacco. You can do it. But the problem is this team can't do it, and I thought Jimmy Garoppolo could, and I'm a fan of Jimmy. I talked to Jimmy a bunch this weekend. Saw him on the sideline, saw him here before we got on the bus, 
and I'm a fan of Jimmy Garoppolo, and he couldn't play in the game. So I'm going to shelf that topic. He couldn't play. He was ruled out early in the week. Initially, and I'll stand by it. I stand by everything I say. I thought it was a good decision going into the game like Eric Allen did and most of the insiders who cover the team. It was a good decision to go with Brian Hoyer because of what he did the week before and the fact that they really needed this game and they needed a veteran presence because it's on the road. And Aiden O'Connell did not play very well in that first game. He threw a goal-line interception, and he was sacked, what, eight times? Six by Khalil Mack? That wasn't a great performance, everybody. So to start Hoyer in the game, I thought that was the right decision. I'm not going to back off on that. But Hoyer should not have started the third quarter. Period. The only chance that the Raiders had in this game, the only chance, was getting the ball to start the third quarter with a new quarterback who could have got the team motivated and sent a lightning bolt to the team saying, I'm here. The Raiders have had countless legendary moments in franchise history switching out a quarterback from Blanda to LaMonica to the great Jim Plunkett whose image is all around this building. He was battered and bruised. He was let go by organizations. Okay, he was done. Al Davis brought him in to be a third-string quarterback. Not a second, not the starter, a third-string quarterback. And Mr. Davis said, you rest and get healthy, and when I need you, I'm going to need you. And Plunkett went on to greatness and lore throughout the NFL. I thought that Aiden O'Connell should have started the third to just let the team know that we had a shot. We need a miracle. We're going up against a quarterback you never heard of. We can't stop the run, but maybe this kid could give us a chance, or at least after the first drive, get him in. That wasn't the case. And I respect all the decisions the coaches make. I'm not a coach. I'm I'm a sports talk host. That's it. I line up calls. I give opinions. I stay strong with my opinions, and I get out of the way. But I thought that was a mistake. I think kicking field goals when you're down big is a terrible mistake. I like going forward on fourth down, but the most important thing you know me for is I like to play with pace. And if you go back to the tweet that I said in the second quarter of the game, I was sitting there at that point in the game, and I'm, I'm just staring at the clock above the Bears bench. I'm just staring at it. I'm in a daze. I'm confused. I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the clock in the second quarter, and I say, quote, I can't keep my eyes off the clock already. Time is going back, going uh, by fast at Soldier Field, and the Bears are quickly picking up first downs quite easily. That was in the second quarter of the game. The game was over. The game was over. They were playing with pace. They were playing with confidence. They were playing with aggressiveness, and the Raiders were not. That's unacceptable. That really is, and everybody's to blame for that. I'm not pointing out a specific player yet. But at that point in the game, there's a lot of time left, and the Raiders are walking back to the huddle. Look, I'm not saying you got to get in and out of the huddle and go, no huddle. I'm just saying run to the huddle. Run and get your ass in the huddle quickly so this coach can tell the backup quarterback to play maybe five seconds quicker, and then the play could come in five seconds quicker, and then maybe they can run the play five seconds quicker because the Raiders always need time. The thing that runs out every bleeping game for the Las Vegas Raiders is the clock. They play, they don't play aggressive with the football. Going to Devontae early in the game was predictable. I loved it. Where was Michael Mayer? Where is Trey Tucker? Where is the deep shot to Trey Tucker in the first quarter to tell Matt Eberflus, hey, we're going to throw deep all day. You got a quarterback that can throw deep. 
All these guys can throw deep. Every quarterback in the league, third string guys can throw at 50 yards in the air. Take a shot. Just do something different. And they just don't. And I think a lot of it has to do with down and distance, uh, pre-snap penalties, going backwards. Carlson, who I like a lot. I like, a lot, I like all these guys pretty much. And Carlson missed that first field goal. It took the energy right out of the bench. I'm an expert on that topic. I sat behind the bench. My tickets were in 107 right behind the bench. And right at that point in the game, I'm not saying the team checked out. They're pro players. They're pros. But you could just see how deflated they were. And then in the fourth quarter, I get to the booth to do the postgame show, and I'm behind the Chicago bench, and all of them are bro-hugging, high-fives, and absolutely laughing at us because they were shocked on how bad the Raiders played. Raiders aren't a bad team. They're playing poorly. That's the key to what I've been trying to say with Jimmy G, Devontae, A.J. Cole, Daniel Carlson, Mad Max Crosby, seventh pick overall in the draft, Colton Miller. They got players. They're just not playing well. And the fact that they won three games going into a game three and three with an opportunity to go four and three. Did you see what happened to Detroit yesterday? Oh, my God. First three and outs, three and outs for Detroit, one, two, three. Baltimore scores on the first three drives, game over after the first quarter. I'm not asking the Raiders to do that. Just want the Raiders to be energetic, play with great body language. And that's where this gets delicate for me because guys like Max and other players that play harder than others. I mean, when Marcus Peters missed the tackle and didn't attempt to tackle, the whole bleeping city of Chicago saw a Raider cornerback come up and act like a matador in Pamplona, Spain, and just with a red cape let a bull go by him. On that play, Max Crosby was trailing from the other side and was close to getting to the ball carrier, and Marcus Peters said, I want no part of this play. None. Nothing. And Max bolted right by Marcus Peters, who had the ability to get low, as Phil Villapiano did, get low, get low, make a tackle, And that wasn't the case. And everybody in the bleeping building saw that and was in absolute shock. I don't even remember when that's happened before. I swear to God on my kids, I don't remember a time. Forget about the number 24. I don't remember a time when a guy in a Raider jersey didn't put his head into a pile and put his paycheck, body, and physicality on the line until that moment. I don't remember. I don't. I'm sure it's happened. I don't remember it. And I go to a lot of games. So whatever happens to him, whatever happens to him, we'll table that conversation coming up. The Raiders, for the first time that I could see, the first time that I could see, did not want to play physical football. That has not been seen. Say what you will about the Raiders. The last two games they played, A lot of things showed up on tape. Their defensive physicality, they had the signature play of the year with the Mad Max, Bilal Nichols sack to end the game. There's plenty to show that the Raiders on defense was engaged. Patrick Graham's defense goes now back to the preseason OTAs, right back to the beginning again. They no-showed. They no-showed. They didn't want to tackle. They did not run to the violence. They did not run to the ball. And no one wanted to tackle anybody in that game. No one. So big decisions have to be made now. That, that can't happen. You're a professional football player. College football players tackle harder than that. High school football players at times bring more violence 
to the pile. I mean, every time Chicago ran the ball, they, no one would hit him at the defensive line, the runner. He'd get to the linebackers and run through them, and then someone at the end would jump on the pile after nine yards. Oh, my God. What happened? What happened since the last two victories? So that was really disappointing. You know, being with the team, I have no comment. I was in the locker room. I was on the plane. Everybody's a pro. Everybody's a pro. There's no fights and yelling and pointing across the aisles. There's none of that. It's very well done around here. It is. It's highly professional, highly professional, but something is missing from the practice field to the game day execution. And that's the problem here. And now going from what should be a 4-3 and three team, it's 3-4, and four, going into a really hostile environment with the team. I'm not scared of Detroit. Detroit sucked my entire life, not part of my life. My entire life Detroit has been terrible. And they're coming off one of the worst losses and embarrassing. The two teams that got embarrassed the most in the NFL are playing each other a week from Monday, the Detroit Lions and the Las Vegas Raiders. And what I will say as a diehard sports fan, diehard, this has nothing to do with the Raiders, diehard, that whoever doesn't show up on next Monday night, huh, whoever doesn't show up next Monday night, there's going to be problems. going to be real big problems around here if no one gets off that bus at the stadium and is ready to go. Because Detroit is. Oh, that Dan Campbell, they're going to be ready to go. And it's the job of this coaching staff to have this team ready to play. It's the only chance the team has. The team just made everything monumentally difficult all of a sudden. One game against a 1-5 team with the Division II quarterback that wasn't going to be crazy, wasn't gonna, he was just going to manage the game, absolutely dominated the Las Vegas Raiders in almost every aspect of the game. I think the captains on this team are proud men, including Josh Jacobs, Devontae, Mad Max, A.J. Cole, all the captains. Hate to say it any other way, it's now on them. It's now on them to go around that locker room and, and talk up, try to be positive, try to do the right thing and engage these players on game day and to get them to play much differently. I don't see the emotion other than Max, and I'm sure there's a couple other players that have heavy emotion. But I, I just think that there needs to be a reset button for the rest of the season. People like Marcus Peters and others need to prove that they deserve to be here by the end of the day. People need to be held more accountable for their poor play. And people just have to play much more physical. Because if you look at the tape, I, I, I just did a half hour live with Eric Allen that will play coming up here in a, a little bit on TV here on Fox 5 Vegas. I mean, he was in shock. He's one of the greatest defensive players of all time. Eric Allen should have been a Hall of Famer 10 years ago. 15 years ago, he was in shock. What happened? What happened with the tackling? What, what could have changed from walking off the field after New England with everybody flying around the ball? Well, I just think that the coaching staff of the Bears did a much better job. Their scheme, everybody knows that. A six-year-old knows that their scheme worked great. They were going to run the ball down the Las Vegas Raiders' throats until the Raiders stopped them, and the Raiders had no intention of tackling, playing physical, stopping the run. You know, if Max doesn't have a heroic game, a Willie Mays, Wayne Gretzky game every week, 
What is this team on defense? I hope it's not Marcus Peters. So with all of this being said, you know, my job's a little bit different than others' jobs. I'm not here to impress anybody on the radio. I could give a crap what you think about the degree of how intense I am or I work for the team. I could give a crap. I mean, zero. Some stuff bothers me, but overall, when it comes to level of what my life is and my job is, it's to tell you what I see. If I didn't go to Chicago, I wouldn't have any opinion. I want to continue to get on the team plane so I know I know where the rules are, okay? I, I know how these coaches and quarterbacks prepare. I'm involved in that process of interviewing the coach, interviewing players. I know what they do. They don't mail it in around here, man. They don't. If they did, everyone would be reporting on it. You'd hear it from Vinny. You'd hear it from Mike Florio. You'd hear it from Jay Glazer. There's not a problem here. There's not a disconnect here. Something happens on game day from practice and preparation to execution. They don't execute on game day. They get paid by Mark Davis to execute on game day. And they're not doing it. And it's very unfortunate because I really think there are great men in this organization and women, great football players here that are all taking this one hard. But I represent the voice of the fans, like me or not. I'm on the ground. I'm there. I'm drinking a Modelo in the parking lot with the fans. I'm talking to them. I know what they want. And they are all devastated by this loss. There were a lot of Raider fans at that game. A lot. And they came and they were ready to roll. And this is a game we should have won. And it was a game that they were never in it and they weren't competitive. And it gets to the point where they're not competitive I got to do that in my stage of my job. I got to remind everybody what I saw, and I just saw not a disconnect with personalities. I saw a basic football fundamental deficiency on both sides of the ball. As Bill Parcells would say, or Jim Mora in his favorite quote, we couldn't run it, we couldn't throw it, we couldn't tackle anybody. Couldn't do any of it. Against the one and five Chicago Bears with an opportunity to go four and three and have an opportunity to shock the world. What a blown opportunity that was. Unbelievable trip, unbelievable game, opportunity blown. Done. Field goal missed, game over. You kidding me? You kidding me? You play till the final whistle. You play your ass off for Al Davis, Carol Davis, Mark Davis, and everyone in this organization. You play harder. You play more physical. You're a professional football player. You can't pull what Marcus Peters pulled. You can't pull that around here. You can't do that around here. There's the greatest players in the history of this organization on the walls. And you put that on tape? That was Unbelievably poor. Very disappointing. Because I think the team is better than that. I don't think it's a Super Bowl team. But did I think it could be an 8, 9, 10 win team? Probably not 10, but somewhere with the schedule. Now raise your hand and beep your horn if you think you're going to sweep the Giants and the Jets. You see the way they're playing? The Raiders have an opportunity to do something. They have an opportunity not to be great, to be professionals. Play harder, play more violent, play more physical, and do your bleeping job. That was a terrible performance. Nothing personal. It was just a bad, 
bad game at a really important time. And this organization is much better than that. They are much better than that, and they know it. They know it. I was on the sidelines right before the game. The energy was electric. The energy was bleeping off the charts. Everything was set up for that team to come out here and start off and play well, but they weren't able to do it. And I was given this stat this morning before we went on TV. The Raiders in 10 a.m. Eastern start times the last two seasons are 0-5, minus 79-point differential, minus 7 in the turnover margin, and the yards per game under 200 at 196.4. Whatever they're doing, going east, do the opposite. Literally do the opposite because this isn't working. And I hope it can be fixed. As a season ticket holder, I hope it can roll, and I hope the team can play at a much higher level. I'm hopeful for that. Why wouldn't I be? You think I want to do 30 out of the next 32 shows with this type of vibe? You think I want to come in here and do this? I want the team and the fans to win and be at the highest level. And I thought that was the case going into Chicago. I apologize. I apologize for the Raider Nation. I was wrong. I thought this team would have played much more inspired, much better football, and they did not. And I still think highly of everyone in this building, especially all the people who do this for a living. They've been through a lot their whole careers, other organizations. They need to get it right. And I'm hopefully encouraged this week as we get out of this cleanup phase for two or three days that they'll be ready to play in Detroit. The monologue brought to you by PT's best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Jump on in, get behind Golden Entertainment, everything they do here at the Strat. Uh, They own Arizona Charlie's, everything else. And uh, I'm worked up. I'm worked up. Very blessed to have this opportunity. I don't take a second of it for granted. I just want to see better product on the field because I know they're capable of doing it. When we come back, we'll open up the aftermath of what happened what needs to happen going forward, and how you would change it. With respect, we're not here. This is not the fire the coach station with a flagship. We're able to, we're able to address the issues that matter, try to correct them, and hear from the passionate fans of the Raider Nation. And the passion is always high here because we expect that. That's the monologue. Talk about Tyson, you know, like we talked about all week, you know, there was poise, uh, there was pocket presence. Uh, he did get some pressures sometimes, and he did evade the rush and deliver the ball down the field, which I thought he did a really nice job of, of distributing the ball to the skill. Um, that was uh, really good to see. That's the head coach of the Bears, Matt Eberflus, on his quarterback, who did a nice job. He did a nice job. It's you got to tip your cap to the opponent when they, the kid comes out. I got nothing against the kid. The D2 kid. What was he going to do? He did whatever he wanted. He, he completely tore apart the Raider defense. A kid that should not have had a good day that way. He wasn't going to throw for a lot of yards. That wasn't going to happen. He didn't have to. The Raiders couldn't stop the run. Had no intention of stopping the run. 
so their quarterback was able to throw and make plays outside the pocket and dump it off. And when he was dumping the ball off and they were moving him outside the pocket, he was making very good plays. We're brought to you by Boyd Gaming. As I just tweeted out, if you're pre-gaming at a Boyd property on game day, check out what the RTC does. Game day, their express. You can catch the 609 from Samstown or the 610 from Aliante to Allegiant Stadium for just $4 round trip. Book ahead. Quick boarding available there. So we appreciate Boyd uh, Gaming, proud partner of the show. So, again, I don't even want to talk about Detroit till like Tuesday, Wednesday. I don't even want to talk about it. I'm not even interested in it. I just want to see what the Raiders can do now. I don't want to use the word clean it up either. I, I hate that term. We're going to clean it up. No, we said that two, three, four, five, six weeks ago. The Raiders have not played one good game this year. They won three, and I think winning is hard. And you tip your cap, and they won them. And that's all I care about. But they didn't play well in any of the games. They didn't play at an elite level or very entertaining or good, and now they have to go all in. Whatever the plan was at any point in time, now it's got to be tremendously aggressive going forward. Play calling, clock management, whatever it's going to be, it's got to be balls out right now. And maybe this team can't do it. Possibly. I remember Lincoln telling me two, three years ago, in another regime, because look, they just can't do that. Said Lincoln, why aren't they playing faster? They they can't because the offensive line jumps off sides. The offense that you can't do it with this team. Well, this offensive line's been here a while together. They got to be called on to do it. Play no huddle. Play faster. Spread them out. Go five wide, not three wide. Forget about leaving in someone to chip. No, get them off the field. Offensive line's got to do their job, and the ball's got to come out quickly to someone who's open. That's the fundamentals of a Josh McDaniels offense that has been super successful over 20 years with New England. Get the ball out quickly. Oh, it's Tom Brady. Tom Brady was getting the ball out quickly to someone who was wide open. Gronk, Edelman, Welker, Moss, whoever was there. The ball was out. Boom. The guy was open. Got to get going with that with Devontae and the rest of this team. 303 Raider in Denver starts us off today. Go ahead. Hey, what's up, JT? You and I go way back. I'm originally from the Bay Area, 2000, when you joined the uh, the Bay Area flagship station. I moved out to Colorado in 2005. I'm, I'm 50 years old. I am a long-term Raider fan, and I and I witnessed, I think, this past week a new low. You know, you go back to the 2006 bed and breakfast offense that was absolutely abysmal. Then you see Dennis Allen brought in his 14 or whatever 15 games before he was fired. And then when Jack Del, Jack Del Rio lost the team in 2017, you bring back Gruden in. You have, you know, trade Khalil Mack. And then, you know, in 2021, which, you know, we made the playoffs and maybe it was smoke and mirrors. And I, and I look, I have lived in Denver since 2005. So I witnessed Josh McDaniels run here. And I was pessimistic when he was first announced as the head coach. But, you know, I get over that quickly and I want to support my team because – I'm not a hater. I want to see my team win. I'm starving for wins, just like Raider Nation is. I've been to three games this year. I was at the Buffalo game. Well, I was at the Denver game because I live here. So I'm always at that game. We've beaten them seven times in a row. I went to the Buffalo game, which was eye-opening to me. And then I went to the uh, Patriots game where I was in a suite with some friends, and I got to meet Max Crosby's dad. What a great guy. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you something. This, this team right now, I don't, and, and where I, I need you to get to the point, my friend. I got to get to the point. I got a lot of people that want to get through. What do you want to do? Starting, starting, starting Brian Hoyer, 
was a mistake. You want to say you want to go five wide and get the ball out quick? Brian Hoyer threw one side of the field. You can't get the running game going. You can't get the ball to Meyer. If you listen to the announcers on the screen, they're yelling, saying, hey, Meyer, he's, he's wide open. What is Josh McDaniels going to do? Signing Jimmy Garoppolo was never the answer. He was the weak link on the San Francisco team. Yeah, I would uh, – let me jump in, my friend. I get it. It's just – I get what you're saying. You're just going real long. I want you to get to the point. Thank you. Jimmy Garoppolo's not a weak link. He's won a lot of games. He was injured. He couldn't play here. When Jimmy's at full strength and healthy, he can compete with any quarterback in the league. He took Patrick Mahomes on a few-foot overthrow to beating Mahomes in a Super Bowl. He's an accomplished quarterback in this league. Unfortunately, he doesn't play often because he gets injured. And they took that into account. With him being here. I think the most important thing so far for me was Josh Jacobs wasn't at camp. You don't hear a peep out of me. That was a business decision. I respect Josh's decision. He didn't have to be here. Did not have to be here with the franchise tag right before they came to terms. And Jimmy was injured. And Tyree Wilson was injured when they drafted him. And they all were ready to play to start the season at Denver. And I think the missed time from all of them really hurt. You don't have an impact guy coming off the edge, seventh overall, who I think has... Great upside in his career. I'm not going to judge him through seven games of his entire career. It just started. And if, if Jimmy could have played in Chicago, the Raiders would have won the game. There's no doubt in my mind if Garoppolo started that game, the Raiders win. I, I think so. The defense, maybe, I think the defense struggled mightily, but I think Jimmy would have had the Raiders going up and down the field on the Bears, and that wasn't the case. And I agreed with the decision on this show to start Hoyer. Now I don't. You'll never, ever, 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 ever Hear me say start Brian Hoyer if there's an injury. Unless, God forbid, Jimmy wasn't available to play and Aiden was hurt. This is now Aiden O'Connell's team as the backup in my mind. He gives us a better chance to win than Brian Hoyer. But I understand why they did it, and I, I was there for it. Even if they didn't do that, I would, have, I would have said, with my opinion, start Hoyer. He gives us the better chance to win. Okay, now he doesn't. So, so we pivot and move on. Robert in Portland, you're up next on the flagship of the Raiders. Go ahead. Yeah, JT, uh, you remember last year, the New Orleans game. That one was uh, pretty bad, too. You know, you, I'm just thinking back, pretty bad performances. That one was horrendous. He, and they had, you know, stayed on the road, uh, and he purposely took the team, you know, on the East Coast to try to correct that. My 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 point is, Peters, if the, if the Raiders were still in Oakland, can you imagine – what Peters would be facing if he flew back to Oakland, uh, it would be it wouldn't be pretty. You know, this guy would never do it in front of his own hometown. He's from Oakland. Um, my gut feeling tells me this: they're either going to completely tank from this point forward, or they're going to get off their you know what's. And McDaniel's is going to have to save himself. I don't. I'm not calling for his job because I think he deserves a chance to turn this around. I just feel that they might be a team with that offensive line that we've been talking about for seems like forever. It's just, you know, it's just what it is. Mm -hmm. They they, they were a great run-blocking team last year against Seattle, for instance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bars made a couple key blocks. Something's amiss. I thought you'd pick up on what's going on exactly with that offensive line, being that close to the field. I just can't figure it out. I just know that every team schemes to stop Jacobs, and they have no answer. Wait, wait, wait a second. What, wait, hold on. You said what to figure out. They got one guy, one guy at left tackle who's not a pro bowler and could be, and the rest of the guys are 
okay players in the league. It's not the Eagles' offensive line. It's not. It, it, it's not elite. So they have to be great. They have to be healthy, working together as a unit, like they were doing last year. And they've taken a step backwards. Some of their grades are good on the PFF. Some of them are okay on PFF, but they're not a great offensive line. I, I, I agree with you. I'm just saying. You know, to try to decipher what is wrong in all the games they played this year with their running game, he averaged five point something yards last year, uh, and the yep. only thing that's changed is the right guard. I, I don't know what the answer is, other than the rest of the league's defensive coordinators have said they're not going to let Jacobs run, period, and they're going to just take it from there. And so far, you know, with uh, Garoppolo hurt a little bit, they they can't pass. I don't know yep. what else to say. I just know that the Detroit uh, Campbell is going to have that team so fired up after that horrible performance in Baltimore. This thing, is, this thing could get ugly again. Well, it can't get ugly. And, and appreciate the call. Thank you, my friend. You always check in. I, I really appreciate that. Sorry to cut you off. Again, i got to get everybody to be faster. We're packed today. I want to get everybody in here. This team has to be ready in Detroit. Don't assume that Dan Campbell, because he's bigger and stronger than Josh McDaniels, and more gruff, and one of those rah-rah guys is going to have his team more ready. No, Josh McDaniels will have the team ready. They'll have a good week this week. It'll be hard. It'll be personal. It'll be hard, and then they'll get on the plane. Then it's the job of the coach to call better plays, the defensive coordinator to do a better job, every position coach, and then the players to rise up there and play a great game. So they're going to have everybody ready. That's never been a concern for me around here. Who's ready to play? They're all ready to play. If you haven't been lucky enough or blessed enough as a season ticket holder or the opportunity to come into this building and see what Mark Davis has provided for these players. We got off the plane last night and got back here about 8 o'clock at night and the buses dropped us off. And I had to cut through the building with the team to go to my car. And it's, it's paradise. It's unbelievable what the owner has provided the players and coaches. You know, we're walking across the indoor practice field. Guys are going to their cars, the locker room. And I'm walking out to my car out front here, and it's just majestic. The place is the best, maybe right there with the star in Dallas. Everything's been provided. Everything. All they got to do is execute better on game day. And if you, cannot, if you cannot understand that, and you think there's a conspiracy theory to tank or to lose on purpose or they get out of here at 1 o'clock and they go to a bar and a strip club and then they don't go home and look at, <laughs> look at tape, you're out of your mind. They're doing everything right. Just on game day, on game day, it doesn't click. It doesn't happen. And I haven't made injury excuses. The injuries have been significant now. Jimmy's been out a lot. Josh is working himself into, hopefully, the point where with 10 games to go, he plays his best football the rest of the way. But defensive coordinators are outplaying the Raiders. They're taking away Devontae. They're taking away the running game. They're stacking the box. And the Raiders can't get anything going. That, to me, is surprising. I didn't see that. So, again, it's not supposed to be that way. They're not supposed to play like they did in Chicago. We all agree, correct? Why did they play that way is what we're trying to figure out. And everybody's reaching at straws, and a lot of people are making good points. We're all trying to figure out how this team can get better. That's why this loss hurts so much. We are brought to you by Doghouse Saloon, a great place for Monday Night Football tonight. Doghouse at Resorts World.
I've seen him practice every day. You know, I saw Aiden and you know in the LA game, and, and saw Brian last week in the New England game, and you know, so just made the decision to you know try to you know go with the the veteran guy and, and try to go out there and play a, a solid game. You know, and so uh, I'm not going to second guess that. Yeah, I'm not second guessing Josh McDaniels either on going with Hoyer. I thought it was the right decision. Most people did. I, I was here all week. Everybody thought that's probably a good idea. And now Aiden O'Connell, when he came in there, played, I think, better than Hoyer, and he should be the number two going forward if Jimmy G can't go. A lot of fans don't have confidence that Jimmy G can play consecutive games. I hope that he comes back and plays in Detroit and doesn't miss a snap the rest of the year. But I'm in the minority on that because he usually gets hurt. But I've been around him a bunch here in the building. When we went there, he traveled. He went on the team flight. He was out there on the sidelines and talked to him going into the tunnel. He looks good to me. Whatever he had, I hope he's close to healing 100%. So he gives the Raiders a better chance to win in Detroit. I've told you that from day one. Raiders' best chance is with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Mark Anderson joins us from the AP, covers the Raiders. He's at the press conferences. Mark, that was just really disappointing. Overall, how would you describe the effort and performance? I, I didn't really have a big problem with the effort. I thought they came out uh, with a pretty really good attitude. I, I, but I think once it started to go south on them, um, then it just sort of snowballed, and they probably got tight at that point. Uh, obviously, the performance couldn't have been worse. Um, you know, they, you know, you, you allow a, a quarterback who was a year ago playing Division Two to do that to your defense. That's just uncalled for, and uh, they just didn't have any answers for him, and didn't have any answers to the Bears' running game, and offensively couldn't get anything going either, or not much going. And mm-hmm. I thought it was a mistake to go with Brian Hoyer. Uh, he's limited. Um, he hasn't won a game as a starter in seven years. Um, not that Aiden O'Connell was in with a guarantee to win, but um, I think I think he might give, might have given them a better shot. At least, at least I mean we'll never know. Um, but with a with Hoyer, you basically knew what you were getting. Mark Anderson's our guest. Mark, what do you think the disconnect is from practice, preparing for these games with the offense, and then what happens on game day when they struggle? That's a good question. I'm not even sure the coaches really know um, because there's talent there. You know, Devontae, as we know, is one of the top two or three receivers in the league. Jacoby Myers is a great number two receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, I like what Michael Mayer has done here and there tied in. I think he's going to be really good at some point. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs, we've seen. I, the thing about Jacobs, though, you know, it, it, most people, I think, think his slide began this season. It actually began last season. He finished the last, I think, the last five games last season without 100 yards. So, mm-hmm. where he, what he's, the way he's playing now actually began last year, and maybe it's just all the wear and tear in his body. Plus, the offensive line hasn't done a great job opening holes for him in this season. So, um, but they do have talent in that offense, and and I just think I think they're limited a quarterback. I heard what you said about Jimmy Garoppolo giving the best chance, and I think you're right. I think mm-hmm. he does give them the best chance to win, but I think he's I think he's a limited quarterback. Do you think they have to take more chances? The only thing I really disagree with most coaches on, not Josh McDaniels, every coach in the league, is the ability to let the pace of the game bog you down. I don't think the Raiders play fast enough where they're getting to the line quick enough and trying to catch the team in a mismatch or a substitution issue and just go and play more free and try to do it. And I I think I understand why, Mark. I don't think the offensive line's good enough to play faster consistently. And if they go and play fast and still go three and out, then, oh, my God, what are they going to do? They're just going to turn the ball over 
on three downs and punt, and it's only going to take about 50 seconds for those three plays to be run. I'm just caught in the middle on that one because I think they have the talent to play with more tempo. Yeah, and I think I think McDaniels probably agrees with you on that. I, I think I think he'd love to play with more pace, um, but I I don't think he trusts his offense, and I don't think he fully trusts the defense. You know, you know the past the previous two games the defense played pretty well. You know, they were playing against offenses that were really struggling at the time, and it just I was I've been I was waiting to see what what, <clears throat> see, what what can they do against a good offense, and I'm I'm not saying that the Bears are not a good offense, but mm-hmm. but they. The Bears went right through him, and so I think I think McDaniel's doesn't tr- truly t- trust both sides of the ball to where he mm-hmm. can do that, and he wants the e clock. And part of the way e clock is you become more deliberate in offense, and you use as much of the, the, the play clock as you can. So I think I think that's I think that's way he sees it. Try to shorten the game, and maybe try to win an ugly style. Wrapping it up with Mark Anderson. So Mark, I really think this story, the next story, is going to be a big one for the Raiders. The Raiders cannot have a performance like that again, especially back to back at Detroit. What's at stake for the three and four Raiders on the road next Monday, a week from Monday on Monday Night Football? Well, unfortunately for the Raiders, the Lions are also coming off an ugly loss, and uh, you know they're not going to catch the Lions overlooking them. The Lions going to Lions, especially on, on in front of a national audience on Monday night, they're going to look to get back on track, and so I think they're going to get the Lions' best shot. Yeah, uh, so this is a this is bad timing for the Raiders uh, going on the road to face one of the better teams in the NFC. Um, it, but it, if Garoppolo can go and and you know not make mistakes, he's got to cut down on the interceptions, and maybe they can establish some somewhat some running game and and play uh, ball control, and maybe they can be in it at the end. But it's it's just it's just a bad timing for the Raiders. Yep. Thank you, Mark. Talk to you soon, buddy. Appreciate you. Thank you, JT. Take care. Yeah, Mark Anderson from the AP, astute sports writer. He sees things. We put him on here because he sees things and he's around the team in a limited capacity because practice is limited for the journalists who cover the team. They just get a small portion of it, but you're not going to see how deep the practice efforts are. And I think they're practicing to the best of their ability. I know that to be true. That's one thing. I'll die on the hill for that. Man, I feel like I'm in safe and private Ryan today, right? I'll die on the hill for that. I know they practice hard and they're prepared. There's just something that happens on game day, and whatever could go wrong seems to be going wrong. They're not getting any breaks. They're not deserving the breaks. And the game, as he said, Coach said today, it's getting away from them. The score is getting away from them. Tommy White and the 872 laborers building this city aggressively on time and on budget.